Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's the American dream. I want you to give me everything you have. Create everything you have, and I get paid for it. Give me your soul. Give me what makes you you and I'll get paid for it. You don't necessarily matter. I don't care about you, your life experience, just what you can do for me. And as long as you're doing for me, I'm great. That's the American dream. That's what it means to be an American, where you give everything you can for your country and your country doesn't give anything in return. So we have to make those connections to show that it's systemic. We get it from the country that our country was founded on human trafficking, on free labor. That's how America made its money. That's how America continues to make it on free and reduced labor. And so we've internalized that and we do that to each other now. You go to another black business, oh man, that's too expensive, I can't afford that. You wouldn't say that to a white business owner. You'd pay what it costs. But because we've been taught to devalue anything that looks like, immediately I want a discount. Because we believe in the American dream. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Levert Blunt. And what a guy, what a guy and what a story. I really hope that once you listen to this podcast, you start interacting with him on his platforms because he's got such a gift, such a gift of communicating trauma, such a gift of communicating the events and the consequences of what happens when you oppress a certain group of people. And he has a way of pointing that towards a possible solution. He's gone through an incredible life of ups and downs. And he somehow found a way to find and live with his purpose. That's not even the half of it. There was so much, so much that we could have gotten into. But I'm hoping that this is an introduction for you to him and that many, many more interactions come as a result of this first episode. Remind yourself of your purpose. Remind yourself of the importance of your advocacy and remind yourself that you can dismantle a system of oppression and suppression by actually and actively unlearning all the toxic elements of current systems. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of As Told by Nomads and it is with great delight that I have a true gentleman, a true king here. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Levert Blunt, you probably heard his chuckle just there, but he is known as many things. He's the voice of Southwest Louisiana. Sometimes I like to call him Mr. Hey, good morning. And you'll understand why I do that, because if you're on TikTok, that's how he introduces himself to the audience. But another thing is that, you know, he's known as the bass man. And we're talking about how to create a platform for change. And I wanted to have him on the podcast because this podcast is about 
gifting and giving changemakers an opportunity to really tap into their unique skill sets and then bridging the divides that exist while fighting against all systems of oppression. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I like to go back to the beginning. So what was it like for you as a kid growing up? You know, where did you grow up and what did you want to become? Well, I'm originally from Lake Charles, Louisiana, born and raised all my life. I come from a large family. It's 20 of us, 13 girls, seven boys, his, hers, ours, and others. It's a long story, but if you got time, I'll tell you about it one day. I am in the third half of that set. So growing up, I was forced to make familial bonds with people I wasn't family with. So I now carry that with me even today. Strangers will walk up to each other, have a conversation by the end of it, we cousins. So that's kind of how I grew up. That's how I, I form bonds with people very quickly. You will only know about me what I want you to know. I love you from a distance. I keep you at arm's length all day long. But uh, everybody ain't allowed in your house. You can come to the yard. You know, you, you can hang outside, but you can't come inside sometimes, you know? I'm sure you learned that from having such a big family where, you know, you have to create those boundaries, but also appreciate the familial bond, the kinship, if you will. Uh, Exactly, because I love you. I love you. I'll never try to stop you from eating, but you can't eat at the table. <laughs> well, okay. So eating at the table, how did you put food on the table there? Because you, you're known as the bass man. I'm sure. So what was it like? Was it music for you? It was music and food and everything. Growing up a large family like that, if you wanted to eat, you either eat what was cooked or you learn to cook. <laughs> well, you're a gardener and a cook too, right? I do it all. <laughs> I cook, I garden, I sing, I write. You name it, I can do it. And I do it well. This is a fact of the matter. So the reason I'm asking this question is because on your profile, you have personality, cook, gardener. But I have a feeling that the personality came after the cook and gardener, or was it the other way around? Okay, so I, I was cooking for about 20 years. I lived my life as a professional fat kid and a lifelong eater. It's what I'm good at. And so one day, one of the station managers at, at one of the local radio stations came into the restaurant I was cooking in. And I was having a conversation with a coworker, and they said, hey, you have a really nice voice. I was like, thank you kindly. I appreciate you. She said, have you ever thought about being in radio? I was like, nah, but it sounds like fun. You want to do radio? I was like, yeah. So I wound up quitting my job and got on at the local radio station. It was live, 104.9 KZWA. Throwbacks and today's best R&B. And I was there for about 18 non-consecutive months. And during that time, we went from double digits in the ratings to numbers one and two, respectively, in Urban AC. Now, the name Baseman came about because my program director, Latone Hart, the dark Dick Clark, didn't like my name. <laughs> he was like, Levert Blunt. Eh, it don't have a radio name to it. So what do you want to be? And I was like, I don't know how I'll find some. And then Mama was like, you have a nice bass voice. Why not call yourself the Baseman? I was like, OK, why not? And that's how the bass man was. By the way, anyone listening, this is just one of those things. Sometimes, you know, someone can notice something about you and don't be afraid to take that leap. And I think that's what you did, right? You know, someone says something about your voice and then look at you using your voice here for change right now. Exactly. Mama taught me when I was a kid that out of the mouth of two or three, the word of God doesn't come back void. And she'd always ask me, how many times people got to tell you something before you believe? <laughs> and so I would go. People say, oh, you have a nice voice. You have a great voice. You should be on radio. You should be on TV. So I'm like, I cook. <laughs> I cook. This is what I do. 
God in the universe fixed it. And they was like, we're going to put you where you're supposed to. Exactly. And one of the things I always say, Levert, is that I don't believe that we're limited, we're limitless. And you're living that, you know, you have a multi-hyphenate type of thing here. You're saying you do it all earlier. And so you appreciated that element of yourself. But was there a version of yourself that felt like you were only meant for one thing? Maybe it's because of what society has told you or just something that maybe people in your family said, nah, don't try and do everything. You're just one thing. Nah, not really. Uh, I was always encouraged to do whatever you wanted to do. I just like cooking. You know, I, <laughs> I like food. <laughs> and in my family, that's how we show love. We show love through food. We don't ask, are you OK? Are you well? You still having difficulty now? We say, have you eaten yet? If I'm going to love on you or show you I appreciate you, I'm going to feed you. And that was my way of showing the people in my community. I love you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed you good. I'm going to cook for you like I'm cooking for my family. You know, and I garden this in the same way because I produce way too much food for just me and two dogs to eat. So I'll go to my neighbor when I had a house. I would go to my neighbors and, you know, offer them whatever bounty we had from harvest time because I wanted to make sure the people in my community, one, are fed and two, have a place to go where they can get locally grown produce that can feed you physically and then have a conversation where I can feed you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, where I can make sure that those around me are taken care of. Well, one of the platforms that you've been doing such a great job of feeding us spiritually is TikTok. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I think we can add a story into you here because you have several things you're doing on TikTok, right? You do on this day in history and sometimes you just do social commentary. How did you find TikTok? Because at this point of recording, you have over 600,000 followers. And then I'm sure when this episode comes out, you'll be at, at, you know, at around a million. So thank you for that too. Hey, I'm putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, social media is an interesting thing. So I, I'm always curious as to how someone even just decided to create that platform. You know, I tried to do that with this pa- podcast and my platforms as well. But I think everyone's story is different when it comes to that. Okay. Well, I got started in TikTok completely by accident. It was July of 2020. My program director said, hey, Levert, I want you to know TikTok's a new app out. The kids are loving it. It's going to be real big. And I think you're going to do really good on it. I was like, no, okay, whatever. And I didn't do anything with it. This was in July. In August of 2020, Southwest Louisiana got hit by hurricanes Marco, Laura, and Delta Zeta. And just in 2020, it destroyed everything. I lost my job, my career, my home, all the things that, you know, you work your entire life for, an entire lifetime of things were destroyed in a hurricane. And so while I was staying in a hotel in Houston, my program director, Latone Hart, he kept saying, hey, man, get on TikTok, get on TikTok. I think it's going to be big for you. It's going to be big for you. Well, he eventually died. COVID took him out. I spoke to him on that Friday, and by that Wednesday, he was gone. I'm still dealing with I'm sorry for your loss. I appreciate it, man, because it's been a lot. It's as of last week before last Thursday, it was 130 people. My Uncle Danny made 130 people that I've lost since COVID started in 2020. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not good. (laughs) Y'all see me smiling, but I am not good. I'm not mentally wet. But uh, as far as TikTok goes, got on TikTok after Latone died uh, to see what it was about, made my first post. December 29th. And it's been that ever since. I got my first viral video when the pipes burst at the hotel I was staying in. I was staying at the hotel because, you know, lost everything in a hurricane and then pipes burst at the hotel and wet everything. It was a lot. And then people started following me from that. And then they followed the Chronicles of the Homeless Homie, where I was, you know, just showing whatever happened in the day. I needed content to talk about. And then uh, FEMA was like, we have a spot for you back home. And I said, cool, no problem. Is it 
you know, in the area because I don't have a car anymore. So I need to walk. It was like, oh, it's perfect. It, it's right in the middle of nowhere. It's right in the middle of the city. I'm sorry. And I'm in the middle of nowhere now. I'm in between four petrochemical plants, a flooded landfill, and a cow pasture. I am a seven-hour walk from the nearest Walmart and a three-hour walk from the nearest gas station. Oh, my gosh. That's what gives me things to talk about on the TikToks. It started with my neighbor who used to live across the street from me. Every day I'd come outside, he called me the N-word. You fat N-word, you black N-word, you this. I said, keep on, kick your ass, <laughs> keep on. And eventually we got in a fight and we put that on the TikToks. And that's what got us talking about race, racism, and history and how we got to this point. Because before that, it was just like clouds, ducks, and random things. So I didn't know what to talk about on this app. So I started having the conversations with you that I would have with the people in my life who are no longer here. Like Laton, for example. We would talk about everything. I now have those conversations with the people who sit in the palm of my hand. Yeah, I don't know. There's so much to unpack there because the first thing I want to do is acknowledge the trauma that you've gone through. I feel like we need to just because we don't do that enough in our communities. But even in the last two years, just from what you just said, right? January 2020, it's been 130 people. And there was a stretch of time during 2020 where every day for two and a half weeks, I was getting a phone call. You know, so-and-so died. So-and-so died. You know, so-and-so died. It was a lot to deal with. I just lost everything trying to help my uncle deal with what he was going through. And I was living in a hotel, didn't have any money. Radio station wasn't paying anything before the hurricane. So I got rid of my entire life savings for a hotel that I couldn't afford. And now I live in a FEMA camper. They're trying to make us pay rent for. (laughs) I can't afford. It's a lot. Right. And then you said you're stuck between landfills. And I've watched a lot of your videos. One of the times I remember watching a video on this where you live is how systemically people put a lot of black and brown people in places that are actually physically affecting their health, right? Your landfills, all these things, they, they affect your breath. And you're talking about COVID. This is a respiratory thing, right? And so it's all, you know, systemic. Hey, we've got good places for you to live, but it's like the forgotten places where they put trash and all those chemicals affect you. Lake Charles, Louisiana is a sacrifice zone. It's also a super fun site. That means that the United States government pours money into this area to clean up the spills and chemical waste that have happened over time, but there's no way possible they can clean this area. So they just say it's a sacrifice zone. People who live there, if they die, it's okay as long as industry thrives. The one reason that I really want to get you on, and I'm sure the audience has already fallen in love with you at this point, is because you're so vulnerable, you're so authentic, and you're not one that shies away from what you're dealing with. But at the same time, you find a way to still tell stories and humanize people there. And that's like a loving aspect of who you are. What I want the audience to know, first of all, go follow him on TikTok, but I want us to really get into this idea of how there are a lot of black and brown creators who do really well on these platforms in terms of numbers of audience, but it's almost like you take without compensating or giving. And I don't want that to happen to you. (laughs) I don't want that to happen to many more creators in that space because that can also affect your mental health is because people are saying they value you. They love you. You know, sometimes maybe someone you love will, will acknowledge you but they wouldn't create an opportunity for more (laughs) engagement based on how it's been done for other people that look different. Exactly. As long as you feed them, they're fine. Give me all the information you got. Give it to me. Yeah. But you ain't putting nothing in my pocket. That's right. That's a pattern though, right? I'm from Nigeria. We're colonized, right? Obviously, the United States has gone through its own (laughs) several rounds of several things. And it's easy for us to explain this, but I don't think a lot of people that haven't had the lived experience that you've had can put that in their head and say, well, look, this is a systemic thing where it's usually take, 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 
without compensate, compensate. And if you bring up compensate, it's like, stop biting the hand that feeds you. Like, why are you asking for something? How dare you? When there's a whole system, capitalism, right? Where it's based on you producing and creating and drawing eyeballs to an audience that other people can't do. That is value. That is commodified. That is given contracts, awarded contracts, rather. That's the American dream. I want you to give me everything you have. Create everything you have, and I get paid for it. Give me your soul. Give me what makes you you, and I'll get paid for it. You don't necessarily matter. I don't care about you, your life experience, just what you can do for me. And as long as you're doing for me, I'm great. That's the American dream. That's what it means to be an American, where you give everything you can for your country, and your country doesn't give anything in return. So we have to make those connections to show that it's systemic. We get it from the country that our country was founded on human trafficking, on free labor. That's how America made its money. That's how America continues to make on free and reduced labor. And so we've internalized that and we do that to each other now. You go to another black business. Oh, man, that's too expensive. I can't afford that. You wouldn't say that to a white business owner. You pay what it costs. But because we've been taught to devalue anything that looks like immediately, I want a discount because we believe in the American dream. So how do you find joy? How do you find joy right now? I find joy in the little things. Everything makes me happy. Joy is my default setting. I thank God for that because I had nothing to do with that. But joy is my default setting. I find a, a leaf. I look at the veins of a leaf. It's beautiful. I walk outside and the sun's on my face. I bring. I find joy in that. The wind, plants, animals, nature herself. It's the little things that make me happy. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much that I can find joy in. A sandwich. <laughs> a sandwich. <laughs> a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. <laughs> I'm juxtaposing that because you talk about the internalized white supremacy we sometimes put ourselves through a lot with our businesses and also just the system itself. And juxtaposing that with this idea of joy, finding that for yourself is because there's always this great saying, joy is an act of resistance. Tori Del Cotton, amazing point, said that. And it is one of the things I want the audience to continue to see. You, you are going through such a tough time right now mentally, but you are still finding joy in the simple things. And that ability to do that is a gift. And I hope you acknowledge that because it's not as easy for many people to even find joy in that moment. You said it's a default setting. Some people's default setting is completely different, right? It could be, you know, a lot of us go through certain different things. That's why I'm thankful for that because God knew what he was doing when he created me a long time ago. Seems like it. <laughs> he poured into all the things that I need before I was born. I didn't know that I'd be going through this at this moment. If it weren't for the joy that he gave me before I was born, I'd have checked out a long time ago. 
I'm being honest. It's a lot to deal with in a day to be completely isolated from those you love, especially when your love language is touch like mine. Because if I love you, I'm going to find a way to touch you, gonna high five, gonna give a hug, something. And now there's this pandemic that prevents you from touching or hugging the ones you love. To have your mother sit in front of, but you can't hug her or touch her because you're afraid to get her sick because your dad's sick. He's in the in and out of the hospital, seven strokes, heart attacks, diabetes. You can't go over there and help them like you used to because you may catch something on the ride over there and then kill your family. That's a lot to deal with in a day. That's a lot. If you even use that experience to talk about how many people in the world have gone through that without actually verbalizing it, I'm hoping that people listening can start to understand why there needs to be an impetus for change. We need to start the idea of changing right now. It's going to bring that word that triggers a lot of people up, privilege. So in your opinion, especially you being such a historian and such a lover, and now a a TikTok, you know, a cultural um, commentator here, what do you think we can do to change the world for the better? The first thing we have to do to change, make any change in our lives is acknowledgement. We can't change what we refuse to acknowledge. And in America, there are a lot of things we refuse to acknowledge. A lot of people want to say, oh, let's move forward. Let's just move past it like it never happened. No, no. We need to acknowledge what happened. What did you do to get us to this point? That way we can see what it took to get us here and then we can move forward. We have to do a cost-benefit analysis about things that are not working in our lives. If it's not working, change it. If it's working, keep it going. And that's the problem in America. Racism is working, so they're going to keep it going. But it only works for one half, one side. White supremacy only works for white people and everybody else be damned. But if you do what's right for the lowest common denominator in your society, which happens to be Black women. If you do what's right for Black women, for Black people, everybody benefits because the system you created was designed to hurt them, to demonize and oppress them. You do what's right for the lowest among you, everybody benefits. And that's how we make change. We have to rewrite this entire system. In, what was it, 1875, the Supreme Court ruled that the Constitution does not apply to the Negro, free or enslaved, and that the Negro has no rights that the white man is bound to respect. And the only thing that superseded that was the 14th Amendment that made everybody here born in America a citizen. The Constitution was not designed for us. The Supreme Court justice said that Black people at that time were little more than a handkerchief, a useful tool when the Constitution was written. It didn't apply to us, free or enslaved. So we have to go back and redo the rules of this country. Otherwise, you're wiping your face with a dirty towel. Wiping your face with a dirty towel. And uh, wow. (laughs) The most ironic thing I think we're starting to see that is when you continue to wipe your face with that dirty towel, you're really affecting everyone. It's like this cancer. It's going to continue to metastasize and grow. And even white people (laughs) will feel feel like the the benefit from that. At some point, you're going to have to figure out to to work with people that are citizens, even though you've treated them as second class citizens. And then what I've been noticing a lot is with the resistance, as more people start to voice this out, it's almost like a shock to the system as if, what? Because for those on the other side of white supremacy, they aren't affected by things like race. Because for them, they don't see race. When they look in the mirror, the first thing they see is themselves. Oh, I'm a human being. I'm a person. I'm an American. They're humanized. You know, yeah. They're completely humanized in all their forms. And when they hear conversations about race, they say, oh, we're talking about your race, not mine. Nah, we're, we're talking about yours too. Because this isn't a one-sided conversation. What was done to us? Here is what you have done to us. Not you, the individual, but you, the collective. 
That's what I said. I always love this aspect of this, the switch here, the pivot. As you're growing your platform, I know you're someone that sees things for yourself, right? I mean, even before things were taken away from you, you had a lot of things you worked hard for and earned. And now I feel like you're on the precipice of even rebuilding something even more. I'm going to call it an empire. And I'm putting that out there for you. Doesn't agree. I'm with that. Amen. (laughs) Now that you're starting to get more of this attention, how are you going to determine your value, create that boundary and set yourself up for the success that you deserve? What, What do you envision? That is a valid question because honestly, I don't do it for the numbers. I do it for the conversation because for me, the conversation is what's most important. That's how we change the world. Each conversation brings us one step closer to making the world a better place. So as long as I'm focused on how I can use my gifts and talents to better serve humanity, everything else falls into place because as long as I'm doing that, I'm walking and working within my purpose. So that's what I keep focused on. How can I use my gifts and talents to change to better serve humanity? And as long as I'm focused on that, everything else falls into place. When I start focusing on numbers and things like that, everything else begins to falter. My content suffers as far as I'm concerned because I'm doing it for different reasons. I want to do this to get this many followers. I want to do this to see, oh, well, who can I entice with this? That's not what this is about. This is about changing the world. This is about making the world a better place. This is about leaving the world better in better shape than it was when I first found it. When I was broke, I was always taught, when you leave somebody's house, clean up before you go. You know, don't, don't you take nothing that you ain't come there with. But leave it in better shape than you left it. And when I leave this world, I want to leave this world in better shape than I found. And there are a few things to say. I want to go back to that, what you always told. I think that's a beautiful metaphor for colonization. Yeah. <laughs> and then enslavement. Hey, don't take nothing that doesn't belong to you. Leave it better. They took everything. <laughs> and then built museums around it. Look what we stole. Y'all can pay money to come see what we stole from these people. <laughs> Get a Benin bronzes back. It's so true. It's so true. Give them back. It's so good. You know, the wisdom of our ancestors is, is, is incredible. The other thing was you said, even, you know, because I asked you a question how you, to set yourself up. And you said it's all about reminding yourself about the purpose of what you're doing and anything else is going to stray from that. What I'm taking from that is that you have faith that you being your best self is going to attract the best opportunities for yourself. And so you're not worrying about that because you're keeping the main thing, the main thing. And you're making sure that you are trying to impact the hearts that you set out to, to do once you start this. Right. Because I can't be you. I can't do what you do. I'm not designed to do you like you. Only you can do you. Only Bert can do Bert, you know? So I'm going to be the best version of myself I can be, you know? Yeah, I love it. Because can't nobody be me better than me. <laughs> no, it's true. Oh, my goodness. Anyone listening, please, I, I hope you're, you're just continuing to understand that and reminding yourself of that. I always ask my guests this question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. Yeah. It's, it's not the title of my first book. It's my mission statement is everything. But I always ask it at the end. But now I just want to ask it now because I feel like you're leading me towards there. So, Levert, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Well, I was that little kid that grownups didn't like, you know, because I was questions. Shut up, boy. You would talk too much. I'm just trying to figure out the world around. So I learned at a very early age, one, you can't ask adults some questions. You can't ask adults certain questions and adults don't know everything. And when they don't know everything, they get upset with you because they think you're trying to show them up. So I learned at a very age not to talk to everybody and how to season my speech. At a very early age, I learned how to do that. So now what I do is I make sure that I shine as brightly as possible not to outshine those around, but to show those around, it's okay to be bright. It's okay to shine 
as bright as you can. Never dull yourself so somebody else can seem bright. Don't do that. Diminishing yourself doesn't make somebody else bigger. So be the biggest, best version of you you can be because everybody else who's looking at you will see it and say, he's broken, but he's still shining. He's not where he wants to be, but he's still shining. Look at her. She can do this, that, and the other, but she doesn't care what people think because she's doing what's right for her. Maybe I could do that. Maybe that's something I need to do. And they, they see you shining and then they want to shine too. So shine as bright as possible. Use your gifts, your differences, your talents, the thing that makes you, you. Use that to your advantage because can't nobody do it like you. Steve Harvey once said that he didn't know you can make money telling jokes. And when he found out he was funny, that's all he wanted to do. Your gift doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be big. It can be as small as, as a cookie. There's a lady, she makes a million dollars selling a cookie. A, a snickerdoodle. Million dollars a year making a snickerdoodle cookie. Your gift doesn't have to be magnanimous. It can be as small as making a cookie or making somebody laugh. But it's yours. It's your gift to use. You just got to do it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you so much. That's such a great reminder. <laughs> You're welcome. Ah, hey, anytime. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this because I'm always amazed by your ability to communicate. And I always want to know the behind the scenes because I don't know if you're reading 20 books at night or you're watching five documentaries before, but what is the process? How are you scripting this? How are you putting this to memory? You know, you connect the main point to, to a great analogy, you do all these things. And it's not like once a week, it's every day. Like, wait, what's he doing? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I've always been very curious. So all my life, I've been, I turned the air conditioning off in here because y'all can't hear me with it on. So if I start sweating, that's what it is. <laughs> As a kid, I was always interested in things. And so I was trying to make sense of the world around me. And being someone who gardens and cooks, I need to know where my food comes from. So those things taught me the world, the transatlantic slave trade, the trans-Saharan slave trade that most people forget about, what was going on in Zanzibar, spices, where they came from. Where did this recipe come from? And learning those things taught me the world around. So when it comes to preparing for a video, I have to go back to radio training. Uh, my program director, Latone Hart, man, I miss that man so much. That's my dude. But he always said, you're a brilliant person, but you over-inform. He said, and you like to use big words. I said, it's not that I like to use big words. I like to use the most concise word for the moment. He says, and that's cool when you're talking to academics, but you're talking to everybody around you. Everybody don't know them words. But why are you talking above people's heads? He said, I said, you make a point. He said, okay, what about Donald Trump? I said, don't you bring that man in this conversation. I'll fight you. He said, no, 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 no. Seriously, listen to him. When he talks to people, he doesn't use words with more than a syllable. And he doesn't use big words. All of his words are, this is bad. This is good. And he uses the smallest word because he's talking to the lowest common denominator among his people. And that way, everybody understands what he's saying. He said, you need to start doing that. Talk to the, the lowest common denominator. Talk to the simplest person that you know of. I say, that's my nieces and nephews. I got a couple that are like two through eight or nine. I don't really know how old they are. And he was like, well, talk to them when you talk to people. So when I started on the air, I would talk to them in ways that they could understand. And I would take information and make it easily digestible in bite-sized pieces so that kids can understand. And if kids get it, adults can understand. And they can imply whatever they want and use their wealth of knowledge in it as well. So that's what I do with, with videos now. I make sure all the information is easily digestible. And I talk to Big Man, <laughs> Lil Mama, Peanut, and Mr. Wiggles. That's who I talk to <laughs> when I'm talking in the phone. And I make sure everybody understands. And I present information in a way that I understand. I wasn't a very good student. I wasn't studious. I found 
school tedious. I didn't understand it. I didn't like it. So when I present information, I present it in ways that I wish it was presented to me as simple as possible. Let me get the broad strokes of it. And then if I need to, I'll go back and dig the meat out of the bones if necessary. And I write everything out. Oh, you do? Oh, it's okay. Wow. I have to. Okay. I have to. Otherwise, I'll over-inform. That's one thing I do. If I love you, I'll love bomb you. I'll give you all the information you need because I want to make sure that you have all the information so that you can make a proper decision so that you can know that, okay, I'm well-informed and I'm making the right decision. Hey, if you want more, this information is at Levert the Basement on TikTok. And I'm going to make sure I put that in the show notes and every other place. But as we transition to the end here, where can people find you? How can people find you? Is there something you're working on that you want people to support? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. I've been in Facebook jail for all of 2021. The stuff I posted back in the 06, I don't understand. But I've been in Facebook jail for all of 21. So content may be a little low there. And since the Wi-Fi is out here at the FEMA encampment, it's difficult to upload on Instagram. So you'll find most of me on TikTok. My audience has been asking for books and things and recommendations. So in an up in the near future, we will have merchandise, got some shirts coming out, some books coming out. I'm also a publisher. Like you mentioned, The Voice of Southwest Louisiana is a publishing company my mother started. It was a monthly publication where we would let everyone in Southwest Louisiana and know in a five parish region, know what's going on in your region. It's also a publishing company. We publish books. So if you got a book you need publishing, hit me up a guy. I happen to know a guy. That's it for now. It's mostly an internal development that I'm working on. I don't know how to explain it. No, you're doing a good job. You know, oh, thank you. How can I love you and teach you to love more if I don't love me? How can I enlighten you if I'm not enlightened? You know, so I, I don't want to be like America and do as I say, not as I do. I, I want to actually live the life that I'm professing. So as I'm growing and becoming a bit better, I'm making sure those around me are not only aware of it, but can see it just in case they may want to do the same thing. This has been a real pleasure. This is so much fun. I appreciate your vulnerability, your authenticity, and just your commitment to self-development. You're so welcome. I'm excited to get this out. I can't thank you enough. This has been a real blessing for me. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. This is the first conversation with someone who wasn't a FEMA worker I've had in a long time. <laughs> hey, I'm happy to contribute in that way then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Human interaction, I miss it. I've forgotten how to people at times. <laughs> yeah, hey, you, look, just like they said, you had a voice radio, you have a face for TV. We need to get you on a platform where you can do this more full-time. So I, I'm hoping that this is the beginning of that. We get to tune in and see you do your own specials and breakdown because I, I think you have a real gift for this. I appreciate it. I already have a title and everything. I can tell you how it is. See? I do, but I do. I have a title for a show. I'm working on it, writing scripts now. And hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a real pleasure. I appreciate you for having me. I really do. Thank you so much. Pleasure's mine and kings, queens, and royalty. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
presents the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.